Hey there, guys. My name is Nina. And my name is Deb. And welcome, welcome back, back to, to the, the house, house that built, built us. Us. <gasps> I Deb. fucked up. Oh That's my gosh. That's the first time I fucked up. Guys, this is a I'm moment in history. I, I went from <laughs> knowing because, oh, by the way, we have a guest today. And so today I went to the collective form and I'm yeah. like, uh, fuck. Okay. It's okay. It's all good right. Start, good start. Well, good start. usually, if uh, you guys have never listened to us before, um, we are two fast friends who love talking about their weird childhoods all the time. So buckle up, grab a drink, and join us for this ride. Yeah, we question who we are all the time. So we decided <laughs> to open up to an open platform. This is a co- community tribunal yes. to try and figure out why we are we- the way we are. <laughs> yeah. um, this is basically it. Yeah, <laughs> and usually we have unprogrammed episodes. We mm-hmm. kind of go fist first into a box and trying to pick up an episode but today we have a guest welcome to leora hi everyone amazing wow. yeah so today's episode we're going to talk about hustling hard i know because 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 we were discussing episodes mm-hmm. and when we first started we were like oh we need guests for certain episodes so then yeah. we like picked out episodes for our friends and then we came across like oh do we want to talk about work and career mm-hmm. and like milestones and determinations and goals for what we want to be yeah and immediately i'm like leora 100 percent. we need leora you for guys this. you were like our see, first but i'm thought. blushing <laughs> because from all the people i know leora is the one person i know every single time i meet her she's just like oh i'm doing this yeah oh i'm doing that <laughs> oh yeah like this customer that blah 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 mm-hmm. and it just keeps going i'm just like wow yeah Actually, I think at one point I was studying and I like reached out to Leora because she's part of this amazing um, charity organization uh, called Shapers, right? And uh, they all have different like uh, factions, like, I guess, for lack of a better word. And um, she's part of the Ottawa one. Are you on the board? I am on the board. Yeah. And uh, she got me some volunteer hours. It was actually really nice. fun. I really, really liked the workshop that they did that time. And um, it was like really eye-opening of what's in our communities and what our young people are capable of. Yeah. And it was really like amazing. And it was a great time. It's a great time. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm so glad you came out and helped. Um, so Leora, I'd love to hear a little bit of a background about you, what you're doing right now, and uh, what, what makes you a hustler. Ooh, big question. So hi, everyone. So excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. So my name is Lior. Um, They asked for a bio about me, but I think that's part of the existential crisis we have on these episodes where how do we define ourselves when these days we're doing so many different things and have so many interests. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I'm a change management expert. I'm a TEDx speaker on behavioral insights and what that means for our environment and sustainability. And also, um, as Nina mentioned, I love volunteering my spare time. And as she mentioned, I'm part of an organization which is called the Global Shaper Community of Ottawa, which is an initiative of the World Economic Forum. So love spending my time helping the community and bringing cool people like Nina in to help out and spread the word and do some good things. So super excited to talk about hustle and all that jazz. I love yeah. that. You know what this reminds me of? Like, you know, in high school when mm-hmm. extracurricular was like mandatory, where yes. you would have to be part of groups or yeah. band or drama. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, for me, it was just a high school thing. Like, I never really explored that avenue of 
activity after right. I graduated from high school, mm-hmm. Lyra kept at it. <laughs> She's it's so, so ex- funny you say yeah. that because I, yeah, I, I, you know, we talk about childhood stories on this podcast. Mm-hmm. One of my, you know, one of the things we did when we moved to Canada was I was signed up for everything. You know, I was in chess club. Um, wow. Shout out to chess. I knew it before it was cool on the Queen's Gambit. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, but I mean, I'm the grade five chess, like, uh, chess champion, but it's fine. <laughs> ch- chess sets have been selling out on eBay since so the movie. So I actually, here. yeah. Shut up. Yeah. But I mean, I was I was in art classes and mm-hmm. swimming, and I feel like a lot of kids were like that, which is awesome, because it kind of sets you up in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. what's outside my typical school day? What else do I like to do? And how can I, you know, do something with my hobbies? I really like that, actually. So like, so you didn't, you weren't born in Canada. That's correct. Okay. So how long were, how long were you in your, your country of origin before you? <laughs> so I was born in Israel, moved to nice. Canada when I was four. So I was, I mean, I was quite young. Okay. Um, but what's interesting is I think I grew up uh, in, in a bit of a different culture, I would say, just because my parents are from, you know, former Soviet Union. And with that comes a whole bunch of fun upbringing ways. Oh my gosh, I need um, to hear about this. You know, <laughs> d- doing math on my free time, really loving it. That's sarcasm. <laughs> Um, and, you know, just being pushed to do better and do more things. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about it in terms of how that makes your, who you are, what you I are. I have and, a really bad yeah. joke. In Let's Soviet Russia, math learns you. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's, it's, it's true. I'll, uh, I won't talk to the part about me and all the tears of oh. me doing math. Oh, no, but it's all about the tears. It's all about the tears. It's all about I, think, the tears. I think that's one of the core concepts <laughs> of math. Yeah. You need Crying. the tears you to need, excel. Yeah. What was it? You need to have a parent yelling at you why you don't understand it and you crying and yelling at them. Why don't you understand it? And that is like the symbiotic. That's when you and your parents connect over why math sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so do you find that with that upbringing with your parents that it was very important for you to find a career right out of college or was that something that they were like um they wanted you to kind of like were you allowed to have like a gap year sorry that's where I was getting at did you have leniency in that yeah that's an interesting question and I think it it, it may be with the culture but a gap year was never even something that really crossed my mind until people Mm -hmm. in you know, people I met in high school, maybe late grade 12 were mentioning it. So to me, it was never a question of, you know, taking the time after high school. It was very much like figuring out what you want to do in high school, get to a good university, get mm-hmm. out of university and get a good job by like day one. Obviously, like there's leniency, like, yeah. I mean, depending on job markets and all that jazz, but mm-hmm. it was very much, um, you know, the typical path of get a good degree, get the good job. Mm-hmm. I relate to that. Yeah. That's similar yeah. to like, a gap you're never like I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. But I I also like came from a conservative background and mm-hmm. life is a prison sentence and you have to meet milestones and do yeah. your job. Yeah. So it's kind of like take take as soon as you graduate twelve like you need to be looking at universities when twelfth grade starts. Oh guys. I yeah. remember I just, this is funny but I remember in grade nine my first test or quiz whatever it was in. And I remember getting like an okay grade. Like it wasn't so hot, but it was an mm-hmm. okay grade. My first thought was like, well, how am I going to get into university with this in oh grade nine? So just to show you a bit of what goes yeah. on in my mind. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> no, similar. That's... Like I relate to that immensely because yeah. like in in um, British syllabus and I, and I grew up with like GCSE, like A-levels, O-levels, Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, Hogwarts. You, just, you have to decide your future in the ninth grade. You yeah. need to decide whether you're going to be in the sciences or you're going to be in the finance or mm-hmm. like... 
business. See, I had until like about grade 10 here. I think it's like grade 10, you have to figure out what, where you want to go, art, sciences, math, like that. Yeah. And then grade 11 and 12, that's when you focus on those. And as I was told, grade 11 and 12 were the heaviest um, to get you into college later or university later. So for me, it was like, I was taking all these sciences in grade 9 and 10. And then grade 11, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I took all arts courses um, in grade 12 and then went to go do a humanities degree and then dropped out. And then we have stories about that. So <laughs> that's the, the end of episodes. that story. <laughs> Everyone has their own path. Yeah. yeah. But um, okay. So I, I really like that. I really like, I, you know, I, I respect parents who, who don't tell their kids about the elusive gap year. I find that very fascinating. It's like, you have, you don't get breaks. We didn't get but, breaks. You don't but, get breaks. I don't think they knew about it, you guys. Like, they come from a time where, like, the, I mean, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, you're not that old. <laughs> but, like, you <laughs> they know, come like, a time way oh, back yeah. there was no, Like, I feel like if I would have came up to them in grade 12 and said, I'm going to take a gap year, they would have said, what's that? And where's the degree it's it's yeah. old it's old country it's kind of like if you're not working what are you doing you're yeah. not achieving ah fair yeah. enough but it's like also did they ever try and convince you to go into Hold the uh, <laughs> um did did your parents ever uh try to get you into trades or was it always like um more of like a university education background um i think that's a i think it's an interesting question because i think personally i was never one to even be interested in the trades. Okay. So it, I don't even think it really came up. Mm-hmm. I think that if, you know, I was interested in a particular trade, they would definitely support me. I think sure. that they were, they're, they're nice like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> you know, to me, it, it was, uh, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I remember sitting down with my dad and going through the university applications and just mm-hmm. saying like, all right, let's start from the letter A. What do you like to do? And just kind of made our way down. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was actually, it, it was funny because I actually applied to a video game design program. I love it. What? And I had to submit my art portfolio and my marks and all that jazz. And I got in and I was so sure I was going to be doing this, you know, video game design slash coding slash art um, at a local university here. And I was like really set on that. And it was actually my dad who sat me down. He's like, so, you, like, and this was before coding was cool, by the yeah. way. Like, you know, coding yeah. was like... And video games were cool. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah we video went, games were cool, but yeah. coding wasn't this hot thing, which it is right now. And my dad mm-hmm. sat me down and he said, are you sure you want to go into coding? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. Video game design sounds fun. And I'm not a big gamer by right. any means. I just thought it was a fun thing to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down and he was like, well, I mean, you might not even like coding. Like, you seem to like talking with people and solving these, like, you know, people problems. Like, why don't mm-hmm. you try business? And I was like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's fun. And that's how yeah. I, I ended up where I am today, I guess. But do you, do you like what you do now? I love what I do. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. always like, I Props love. to dad. Thanks, dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always love asking that question to people and always I, I brace myself because I don't know how the answer is going to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. And I love it when they say, oh, I love what I do. Who knows? Maybe yeah. I would have been the, a great coder, but I highly doubt that. No. Fair <laughs> enough. I was, I'm actually like fascinated by that because like at the, at the time, yeah, we wouldn't have known in the early 2000s how big coding it boomed while we were in university exactly and then also video games have boomed as well like it's a multi-million dollar industry right so it's like that's very fascinating that that your dad was like are you sure it's, it's kind of like, it's like kind of like the like the fake story about that one person who had stocks for Google and decided to sell it yeah. before Google <laughs> yeah. became a thing yeah um, that's exactly that's what it sounds like so yeah. I'm, I'm like oh my god like but what 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 would you have been? And right. I just like just thinking about that. I, I love those types of stories. Like growing up, I um, it's very like normal for like Filipinos to become nurses or like postal um, workers, postal workers, <laughs> and that's like or like working for the the, for the 
government. And so I don't do either of those things. I don't like any of those things. And so when I was younger, I took a bunch of science like biology courses to go become a nurse. And then one time I did like some volunteering um, somewhere where like I had to kind of be like kind of like a nurse. And I saw blood and I was like, nope. nope. I'm not same. that. Hard quit. Saw, saw puke. Saw all their stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Blood. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the... The, I hate blood. I, I hate my own blood. I hate other people's blood. The first thing that I want to do, out of sight. Just put a band-aid on it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe nursing sure. is not the best career path for you. Yeah. No. Oh, no, it was not. No, you're going to need a really big band-aid for anything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I cut myself on the daily. Like, I, I can deal Fair. with I those. I hope not intentionally. No. Oh, no. gosh, no. In service. Not yet. She has service jobs, so... <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's just, uh, it's so interesting to see that that path kind of turn for you. Now, I'm I'm going to ask, uh, what was your very first hustle? Like, what was your first job? One of my very first hustles that I recall was, I think it was sometime in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So I forget who was with, but me and one of my friends, we had grid paper and we liked coloring in the boxes. I don't know if you guys did this as yeah, kids. Sure. But you color so in the boxes art. and you make these pixel arts and it's super cute. Yeah. Um, and I really liked doing it. And I saw that my friend was like, you know, giving it out to her friends and they would put it in their binders or laminate it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I could make money off of this. <laughs> the primary ORI in grade six was like, nice, I nice. think this is great. So I started doing them and I started going to my friends and saying, Hey, like I'm I'm gonna do whatever colors you like, whatever pattern, and for mm. twenty five cents, like I'll make this paper and it'll go in your binder. What a steal! What a steal! Yeah, oh my yeah. Gosh. I'm glad my rates have gone up since then. <laughs> I hope they did. I'm like, that's not even even in two thousand early two thousands. I wouldn't get you Listen, anything. I was, yeah. you know, I was still trying to keep my friends at the time. It's True. tough times, mm-hmm. guys. But yeah, I think one of my very first hustles was I was gonna create these little pixel arts and sell Fair. it to my friends and nice. That was one of the first things I remember, like, like as my entrepreneurial self. What about you, Deb? I'm curious. Um, Does childish... uh, I'm I'm just trying to think about it. I'm like, should I say summer camp or should I say when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I hated affection. Okay. Um, Like, I hated getting, like, hugs or kissed. And so I would charge. Yeah, that's a hustle. That's a a hustle. I would be like, no, you got to give me one dirham, which is like... uh, I, the like equivalent a of like a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm just like, that's the only way I'm expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> if, if, if I'm going to do something I don't like, I'd rather get paid to do it. I like so, it. Um, that's a hustle. That is yeah, a hustle. That's a hustle. That's Apart a hustle. from that, it was, I've been working since I was 13, every oh, yeah. summer. So, um, it's weird because my aunt owned the summer camp mm-hmm. that I used to attend. And actually, you aged out of that summer camp when you were 15. Okay. But because we were like, family friends and aunts and we like I was related to her through marriage mm-hmm. and at 13 I could ice skate she's just like do you just want to teach ice skating instead I'm like yeah sure wow so I I was younger than mm-hmm. the oldest kids at the summer camp okay but I was teaching them mm-hmm. um it started off that and then I eventually like became an art teacher and an art assistant and nice. then I would, I would help with musical theory and stuff like that so working your way since up. I was 13 every summer wow. for like either a month or two months because yeah in Dubai Unlike in North America, mm-hmm. you get vacation time, a lot of vacation time. Oh. So my parents could afford to take off work for a month, a month and a half, mm-hmm. and we would go to India. Wow. So I, I went home, oh. like, for a long, like, for almost every summer. Right, right, right. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That is super cool. cool. I like that. I like that a lot. That's another thing I got a rant about in, like, 
in terms of careers in North America, mm-hmm. the amount of uh, I don't know what 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 I want to like say. It's two like weeks here, yeah. Unless you take it's it's non- the allowance for somebody to recuperate from working nine to five. Yeah. all year long is not enough yeah we agree. gotta we gotta adopt the european what the europeans do or what south americans do we need either siestas yeah for or that. months off well yeah. i i really like uh what was it some places in uh was it spain or uh italy where they um sometimes like just during the day their stores will just close yeah because they're like i'm taking a lunch break yeah i'm I, taking a lunch break I, uh, my stores won't be idea. open like the the maserati factory closes for mm-hmm. two hours every day in the middle of the day mm-hmm. so people can go home have lunch with your families mm-hmm. take a nap maybe and then come back yeah i think it's like also like ireland's oh i have a story okay real quick real quick sidebar so i um, went to barbados uh, like back in like 2014 and uh my aunt was like oh so at some point today there's supposed to be a boy to come come around to like mow the lawn and i was like okay guy never showed up for the whole week that we were there he showed up I, we were there for two weeks, actually. So end of the last two weeks, he shows up, comes to mow the lawn. She's like, okay, here's your money. And I was just like, girl, if this was Canada, oh, that yeah. guy would have lost his job. He would have lost his job. And I was like, no way. I feel, no way. I feel Island like, time. I, I know I'm like ranting on the place that's actually giving us sustenance and yeah. money and giving us a roof over our head. But mm-hmm. it's also like, I feel like people employers forget that their employees are people with lives outside of work and even if i take this to the next level like mm-hmm. i find that the more you're hustle and bustling the less creative and innovative you are and so oh, yeah. you actually need to give your mind and brain almost space to get i want to say even a hint bored because that's where often different ideas come up yep. but once you're hustling non-stop then you don't really have the time to really be creative or think outside the box or think of a new idea because mm-hmm. you're just about getting the next thing done and the next thing done, which oh. is quite the North American culture. Yeah. It's, it's how this podcast was birthed. Is well, yeah. boredom. <laughs> Being boredom stuck in our house. innovation. Yeah. I don't know, you guys. Yeah. I, just, I just find that it's, um, it's as much as sometimes we, um, what is it, congratulate people who hustle and we congratulate the hustle is that we also need to remember that there needs to be that downtime. Yeah. And it's very, very important. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's, it's but it's part of Hustling in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just create a new workplace. <laughs> <laughs> Leora's dream. What's the name of your uh, cafe oh, you, event space? So th- this will <laughs> count. No, no, no. We say this. Okay. This counts as intellectual property because we're oh, going to yes. release it. So it's basically someone who cannot patent the name mm-hmm. or the concept idea if we release this. Okay. And so it's kind of like protection because you can go up to a court and be like, this episode was recorded on this date mm-hmm. and released on this date. Mm-hmm. And so you're protecting the idea. This is incredible. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> I have this dream to create. I can't believe we're talking about this. I, I have this dream to create this cafe. And this cafe is called Artivity, Art and Creativity. I love it. And it's all about, you know, drinking your coffee or whatever, having your little pastries and just having room to be creative, whether it's art or drawing or just whatever it is. And I'm a huge jazz nerd, so obviously there's going to be jazz nights. Yeah. So stay tuned one day when we open Artivity. I want to <laughs> say it's the adult version of McDonald's Playhouse. Wow. <laughs> that, wow. That's what I feel like. That's what I, the images I get. It's just like when we go. When, so for all the investors listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like nobody has that outlet or like they just don't want to. If you, oh, here's the thing. If you mm. want to explore art or if you want to try a different art medium and you don't mm-hmm. want to invest the money in your supplies. 
Come to the cafe. Come to the we cafe. We have everything. I like that idea. It's I almost like it. it would get be so good. Get off your phone. Get on art. Yeah. <laughs> um, side quest, mm-hmm. so that everybody knows, Ikea yes. has uh, huge rolls of coloring paper that's meant for kids. <gasps> yes. But me and Kevin have one, and I would <laughs> like you to color some before you leave today, maybe. Of course. Happily. Uh, yeah, I saw that on my friend's Instagram. Yeah. She did that for her kids because they were drawing on the walls. Yes. Yeah. It's and six like, foot feet long. Oh so God. smart. Yeah. So I smart. Huge. I want my house covered in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Leora, your career, such <laughs> backup from, back our, from our side quest. So, Leora, you've, you've changed your career a little bit, a lot. And you're kind of starting a new chapter. So, I'd like to hear about more, like, Leora.com. Oh. Well, oh, quick little yeah. subtle drop there. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to hear about, like, the direction that you're taking. What kind of inspired you to take that direction? And then, like, what are the plans? Oh, big, big question. Yeah. Um, so I guess after, I guess you need a bit of background. So after university, I started my own uh, company for a couple of years called Go Give Back, where we did mobile donation analytics for a couple of years, which was really cool. Um, I then worked for a big consulting firm for about four years doing large digital transformations focused on um, change management. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently just switched my career to focus, um, a little bit more in terms of the same kind of concepts like change and behavioral insights, but more towards like one's organization strategy to really get a sense of, you know, how can we really dive in? Sometimes as a consultant, you get in, you get out. I was, I was just about to ask you, was that because you wanted that change? Cause you wanted to be like yeah. a solid, like focus for a longer time than changing uh, yeah, topics exactly i mean i i i love the idea of jumping around and not to say that i didn't like it but it was more about the fact that um i'm in a role where my title i think is called a coach so i actually right. get to go in and coach teams within one organization around their strategies coach teams around how they're working mm-hmm. bringing innovative ideas into how they can like improve their working ethics style anything like that so it's right. like actually a lot more behavioral and like people driven versus like very large corporations, which is mm-hmm. something I got excited about. That sounds really cool, did actually. You, yeah. Did you want to like for the larger co- corporations, did you want to like coach them, see and see the results, see what impact you have? And maybe that was the element that was missing. It was. You- I've, and, and I mean, if you're a consultant, you're listening, you kind of get it because essentially you come in with a mandate and you got to yeah. get in, do it as ASAP and get out. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun because, you you know, I've got experience working in like the States and Brazil and all sorts of in- sectors and industries right. and I loved it. Um, but I also really love to have that like internal reward of like I helped coach a person, really sat them down and work through something or help mm-hmm. coach the team. So um, I've only just started. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So where was your favorite place? I'm actually kind of curious about that. Ooh, I can't disclose names. But one of my favorite things um, I got to do was actually um, do this whole prototyping for a big government website that oh entrepreneurs have access to. So got to sit down and look through like user experience design and human-centered mm-hmm. design and how we can make this website um, even better, which was really interesting because you kind of bring in some of that behavioral nerdy stuff I yeah. like. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. All right. I'm like... I'm loving this hustle. Like, I just feel like you are, like, constantly on the go with, like, new ideas, new innovative ways to kind of, like, change the way that you can enjoy what you're doing. 
and taking all of this knowledge that like you've accumulated over the years and like moving it forward into like everything that you do it's like damn we we, we talk about we focus on Lyra's hustle but like mm-hmm. there's no focus on your hustle oh, considering the gosh. fact that that you were at, at any time in a world where the pandemic didn't happen, Nina always juggles three jobs and a social life. At the minimum. At the minimum. <laughs> at the cost of herself, because I always complain about, like, she won't eat and she won't sleep, but she'll live to the best of her abilities. Oh, yeah, 100%. Every minute is maximized in Nina's life. Oh, yeah. It's like, if I can maximize 24 hours in the day, I will maximize 24 hours in the day. Um... Yeah, like, I guess, I don't know where it comes from. Like, I've always been on the go. I guess, like, with, like, young Nina, it was sports all the time and extracurriculars in school. Like, always. If I wasn't in one, like, if I wasn't on, like, one team, I was on three. If I wasn't in one band, I was in, like, strings. I was in orchestra. I was in jazz band. Like, that was my thing. I loved it. I know, so much fun. I'll play, I'll play trumpet for you. Please do. Um, and, and that was super fun for me. But at one point, um, I was in a dark place. It was a dark place in my life. I didn't like being at home. So I created this social life for myself. And I got two jobs. And I had one that paid for my social life and one that paid for my rent. And so fair, I fair. was just like, when I got into that rhythm and I loved it, um, I lived like my best life. And it was super fun. But I liked the bustle of it. When I only had one job, I still like put in like – hours into the day into that job so if somebody needed a shift covered if I was working from 5 a.m to 2 I'd take that extra shift take a one hour little break and then come back from like 4 until 10 and that was just what I did yeah and it was just to fill the day to keep it busy and it's not that I like hated being home but like at home what do I do I sleep and I eat and I'm like can we talk about the dark side of that though the burnout oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah I've experienced burnout in my current job that I love and I am a workaholic I put way too much too much of myself into my work that mm-hmm. I feel like it's weird because I feel so accountable for the things I produce. Right. That when it doesn't produce as well, I beat myself up. But then That's I right. have to like step back and realize that this is just a job and this is not the end of my life. Yeah. Because it's very hard. Mm-hmm. And I like I got this from my parents. So it's no, I got this from my father. I have to my mom is really cool. My like father is a workaholic. Yeah, my father is a workaholic. Yeah. And I, me and my sister both have the same structures, rhythms, and motivations when it comes to work is mm-hmm. that we put way too much of ourselves in it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, think it, I think it's like a little bit of an escapism. Like, I think it's an escapism. I don't really mind the burnout because I'll at least give myself like at least a day. If I really need it off, I'll take that day off. I just don't like what, who I become, how I treat the other people I love around me when I'm burnt out. But uh, it's but not it's their fault. it's good that you're self-aware. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good. That's yeah. what's going on. I d- like, I feel bad for my boyfriend sometimes because sometimes I just fall asleep. Like, I'm just like, yeah. we plan like a night out or like a night together. We'll like eat dinner, start Star Wars and... Down on the pillow. Yeah. But do you find, Nina, like, the more busy you are, the more things you want to do? Because sometimes I find, like, there's been times for me where, um, and maybe that's because I'm actually going through a, a job switch where mm-hmm. my previous job was, like, quite intense. Like, working quite long hours right. any day of the week. And then there was this kind of break between jobs where I didn't really have a lot yeah. of responsibility. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. fantastic. I have all these side things I love to do. Yeah. And I actually found I was far less productive than, you know, the more time I had, the more I was almost like lost. So how do you, how do you find that? <laughs> oh, um, uh, <laughs> I, I relate to that. I, just, yeah. I, I do know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, 
I don't know. I just, I just love it. Like I just, I don't mind. I don't mind the lulls. Like the lull, cause you know what? When I was so, so busy, when I was so, so busy, I think the only thing that I feel like I miss out on is like my time, is my social time. So when I put myself too much into work and it's like we had those Barb Olympics and I miss them. I miss Nick and Kenzie's engagement like match, like barbecue, right? Like that killed me because I wish I was there. Mm-hmm. And it was like one day where I chose work over my friends. And like what this pandemic has actually done for me was to really value my time with my friends and my social life because I gave up a lot of that. So that was like the one thing. But then when I would find that time to like come and meet up with my friends, sometimes I would feel guilty about leaving my coworkers at work on a busy day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, I know it's going to be really busy yeah. at the restaurant today. It's Saturday brunch. You There's know what I mean? guilt either way. Yeah. And it's, it's like, how do you balance the guilt that you yeah. feel? So I have this really, really bad thing with FOMO. And if people don't know who, what FOMO is, like, come on. It's fear You're of missing, missing out. out. And um, I think it stems from being younger and being excluded from things. And so when you're younger and you feel excluded from things, That's you want to. Yeah, it's That's like really it. it Nina, just Nina's a poster sad. child for FOMO. I am. <laughs> and so for me, it's like wherever I feel like I'm needed, I want to be there, or wherever I feel like I. I want to be that's where I want to be and so every single time I miss out on something I'm like like I die on the inside and if it's like if that means I sacrifice sleep I will sacrifice sleep if that means that I do not have FOMO and so for me it's not it's not about me missing out on like time for myself as in sleep and eating it's me missing time out with like spending time with my friends and creating those memories or even creating those memories at work or like lost revenue <laughs> but yeah like I'm, yeah i have a it. question for the group mm-hmm. the the floor if you will <laughs> um do you think you're going to stay in the career or career path or topic focus that you are in for the rest of your life or do you feel like you might want change variability Oh, Leo, are you scared? I can answer this. Yeah. I, I do not think I'm going to be in this career path solely because I think the world changes at such a quick rate. Mm-hmm. If you would have, I know there's always that interview question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I hate because it's ridiculous because five years ago, if you asked me where I would have seen myself, well, I was, I think five, six years ago, I was running a startup. So I was very much not thinking I'm going to work for some big four consulting corporation. Yeah, right. Um, so I think that just context change, trends change in the world. So many like different things come out. Maybe you have a new interest. Maybe you're over something. Mm-hmm. So I feel that especially in our generation, the t- maybe the like core of the skills that you bring might be similar. Yeah. But how and where you apply it, I think might evolve. I like that. That's fair. Like That's totally that. fair. You I go. think I might be. Well, I, I might be. I really love where I am right now. Like, yeah. I, I do. And it's it's kind of similar to Leora. Like, I love talking to people. I love being in that. I'm in, like, hospitality for, like, some of you that don't know. Mm-hmm. And events is definitely one of my places of expertise that I, I love. I love events. I love every part of events. And I see uh, post-pandemic definitely there being a lot more and a lot yeah. more opportunity and that, like, really big itch for people to go back out and enjoy it. I can't wait. Yeah. And I can't no. wait Nina, for it. If, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to see Nina at an event in her element running, like organizing, helping out part of a team. She's like like a queen 
I was, like, it was you run the show. I, I loved it. It was just that's your thing though. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it took me a really long time to like realize it from like doing volunteer events and seeing how they're they come together or from like working um working in restaurants and all that kind of stuff and making those connections. Like for me, it's I am a people person. I am an extrovert. I love it. Like being at home during the pandemic literally put me in a slump. Yeah. So for me, it's like, what am I missing out on people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to have a really strong personality, which you totally do, to be able to manage mm-hmm. events. That's like a, that's a beast. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Don't, that's not even including the people on the team. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if you think I have a big personality, Yeah. Too- <laughs> I have stories. Anyways, what about you, Deb? Um, no, <laughs> no, because I don't believe that my future has a nine to five in well i would stay in the same focus i'm in mm-hmm. asic design i'm basically an electrical engineer yeah um and i would and i would stay in the focus until i'm ready but me and my partner had mm. been looking into early retirement nice. and homesteading because for me life is what what do we work for like what at least what i work for is just the financial element to mm-hmm. give a roof over my head and food in my belly Right. That is literally it. Everything else about my life is my extracurriculars, which is this podcast, meeting mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. taking care of my plants. Yes. <laughs> Different episode. Um, and so at any point, we look at our lives and we see the way, like, we don't, I don't think I'm slogging right now. Right. I think if I stay working nine to five, I will be slogging. Mm-hmm. At some point, I will lose my fire. Right. And my passion for it. So instead of knowing that, being very, like, intuitive about what my future could look like if right. i keep going at this pace me me and kevin both want to retire early That's and sweet. i love it it's kind of beautiful and just like raise a family and give the family the focus that it requires versus mm-hmm. juggling that because like bringing a life into this world i feel like like an orangutan like they <laughs> stay together for years yeah and with she teaches her kid Everything she knows. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that and maybe having like satellite parenting where, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not judging. Some people need it. People need nannies. People need help. Yeah. Instead of that, I would like to try and do that by myself, but give Full my attention. kin everything I have. Yeah. Versus trying That's to juggle. So I think you guys would be such good homeschool parents too. Oh, knowing how the education system is happening and how yeah. we're pulling away more and more important things from curriculum because we think they're not ready versus I yeah. think they're ready from the get-go and they need to mm-hmm. learn everything. It's looking yeah, yeah. like homeschooling yeah. would have to be the thing. Because if you've yeah. ever watched Captain Fantastic, have you? Uh, I don't think I have. It's not the one where it's like a multiracial like group of kids. And no. One close. of them's in a wheelchair. It's like, no, no. It's, it's uh, <laughs> not in like a bad example. It's a big troop of kids and his and their dad lives with them in the mountains of Washington. And she he, he teaches them everything, like everything that you can learn from a book. Yeah. I'm talking about quantum physics and philosophy and survival skills. Oh, I like and it. And they're the most intelligent well-rounded kids except they're not exposed to other people so Mm -hmm. their social skills are not as good so i want some of that Mm -hmm. but with the social skills because we'll hang out yeah yeah exactly we'll be your social skills it's fine yeah we'll come visit the farm yeah, you I know, can't like, like she can infuse social skills. Yeah, I can't wait to have chickens, man. That's oh like God. the fucking, you just really want chickens. Chicken. But um, yeah, I just full circle. Let's like full circle. We're all hustlers at the end of the day. Right now, yeah, for getting sure. ready for our chickens. Getting <laughs> ready for chickens. Chickens, are the gold, like like the it's like the gold. Uh, 
the gold egg laying goose. Oh from yeah, that's the like, yes. Waka. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Everybody wants the eggs. I want the actual goose. Yeah. Deb wants the goose. Yeah. Yeah. I she's do. looking. She's looking long term. I want to give it mealworms and snow peas. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Yeah, it's what a goose. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like the hustler's life. I do like the hustler's life. I think it just keeps me busy. It keeps me busy. Keeps me happy. And I just, I just like seeing people. I just like seeing people, guys. Okay. But I love what you just said around like being happy. I feel like sometimes there's this culture of, there's this culture of you know I, I need to hustle because I need to get ahead and you know Mm -hmm. I'm gonna burn myself out because that's the way to do it. But it's really about like an outlet for just doing what you like to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hustle doesn't have to be you know staying in the same job and working a lot. It could be staying in the same job and like starting a podcast and like doing things or like growing your social life and hustling that. Like there's so many other ways to perceive the different avenues. It's Mm -hmm. all about making you happy. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever experienced because I haven't, but I would like to find out whether you did like mm-hmm. see somebody that's working with you or on your team mm-hmm. and is hyper competitive because they want to get ahead because mm-hmm. all they see is career oh my gosh yes, yes. yeah that's oh, not yes. fun to experience not at all i uh i talked about it in our one of our last uh podcasts actually and i i told you how i dealt with it didn't deal with yeah. it well um not proud of it but you know but i i just feel like it's um it's when you're dealing with somebody who's overly competitive and I've also been this person as well so I I recognize it but it's it's a toxic it's a toxic environment and it doesn't make you want to be there at all and it's like um it 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 jars your hustle and you can see through it too people around can typically see through that Mm -hmm. this person's just trying to get ahead for the sake of getting ahead and Mm -hmm. sometimes they burn bridges along the way which hopefully bites them back in the bum to get ahead especially where we are right now to get ahead you you need to be able to network. And if you burn bridges, yeah. just like a heads up people, if you burn bridges, you will never be able to get where you need to go. But the world I feel, is small. Yeah. But some people can hide that competitive edge really well where it can be mm. misconstrued by management as like, oh, determination, enthusiasm. Mm. Like, let's put them no, ahead. No, no. But it's just kind of like they do nothing but schmooze yeah. and like mm-hmm. try and get ahead mm-hmm. and like use – of like an identity that they built up that's fake to yeah. try and get more money and produce nothing. I've I've seen it and it didn't turn out very well for that person and that person ended up leaving mm-hmm. and I saw it happen. So they uh, for like a for really quick. Um, so this person wanted to be a supervisor, got the supervisor position by literally being a brown noser, and um, basically got into a situation where they knew that they couldn't handle it. And then demoted shortly afterwards. Yeah. Wow. And I was just like, and then me, who was not in that position, had to step up and take mm-hmm. ownership of it. And then I had to explain it to the manager of what happened. And then they demoted. And I was just like, you put this person in the position that I asked for. I had to deal with the situation that I didn't, I'm not paid for. No. And I was like, I'm not trying to say that this person didn't deserve to be at this position. They just weren't ready for it. Yeah. And yeah, they did all these things. Yeah, they made it seem like they had all of their stuff together, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And like, look at what happened. You got into a bunch of trouble. You're welcome. And I've seen <laughs> these people excel and like, you know, get to those management roles. But yeah. you know what? Like, good for them for getting there. But at the same time, like, there's still whispers, you know? Yeah, yeah. You still have your coworkers or friends or whoever being like, ugh, can you believe this person? Because they can see through it. And like, even if yeah. they get to the goal they want, it's not going to be what they pictured because pe- people know and people yeah. won't mm-hmm. want to work with you and it's not going to be as glamorous as 
they might have thought it would be. Yeah. I have a two-part question. Um, for for Leora, it's going to be more so about her old job, since mm-hmm. it's new, but I don't think it applies. And for you, it's going to be, because you know what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's regarding management. It's just like, do you feel appreciated by management? <laughs> and do you hold your tongue when talking to management? Okay, Leora, you go first. Oh, I go first. <laughs> yeah. I think... <laughs> This is a this is a really tricky question because I think um, especially in the world of consulting, your managers change quite often. So oh. I, I've never really had um, a time where I reported to one manager for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That said, I will say like on the regular, on average, like I do feel that you know I've been lucky enough to you know have some great leaders and managers and all that jazz. Right. In terms of biting your tongue. Um, unless it's like some absolutely insane situation, I actually do. I do bite my tongue because it's really around, like for me, it's understanding like, what is the repercussion? What am I going to get out of it? And is it worth it? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, even when I'm like ready to pull my hair out and something's like, I'm not saying something's just like insanity where it's like, you should bring this up because like legality. I don't know. Yeah. But if it's something that's, yeah, (laughs) like if it's like, you know, that stuff aside, Mm -hmm. but if it's something where it's just, I want to pull my hair out, I I play the situation through. Like, okay, like what if I bring this up? What is the repercussion? If it's Mm -hmm. something where it's going to be positive for me, I'll bring it up. But if it's something where I know that there might not be a positive thing at the end and it doesn't really add value, whether or not this is like politically correct, I'll I'll bite my tongue until it's time because you only get so many times where you can bring something yeah. up and you know you want to use those cards wisely i think yeah and you don't want to seem like you're um what is it boy crying wolf exactly that's like yeah. that's like the that's the in between so in terms of management i don't i don't know management's been good to me and it's been bad to me okay. i've talked about it i've had good managers i've had some of the worst managers out there where they are hr nightmares i'm right. like actually like they should have been fired and never rehired ever again. Um, have I bit my tongue with managers? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Have I told t- managers straight up? Definitely. Okay. And it's it's yeah. like what what's the possible repercussion? Like in some in some aspects, it it has been like I'm warning them about somebody. I'm like, if you do this with somebody, you are going to regret the decision later. Yeah. Lo and behold, what happened six months down the road? Yeah. I told you so. I love saying that. Are you kidding me? I love saying that. And it's not because I don't like the person. It's not because I don't believe in their abilities. It's just that this person has shown us their colors. They've shown us their colors. They've told us all of these things. And I do believe that those people can grow, but we need to see the growth first before we see them in those positions. And you're not going to get those results until you are patient. If you're going to just promote, if you're just going to give these people these responsibilities without actually seeing if they can follow through with it for a long period of time, you're looking at short term Mm -hmm. and not long term, you will see the cracks within these people. And the thing is, is that a lot of these instances, like the person I was talking to before, they got promoted too early. We didn't get to see the development in this person. We didn't see it. We saw short term development. Short term development is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It's what two months? That's nothing. That's not knowing a person. You 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 wouldn't you wouldn't give a person your social insurance number after two months. Nina, That's ridiculous. Don't give your social insurance number to anybody. Yeah, yeah I was gonna <laughs> say. Well, but, like, I think but it's like, like it's like marrying someone too soon, right? Like yeah. you wouldn't marry someone at after six months of dating. 
that some that's a moot do. point yeah some but do. i think like i think <laughs> i don't know but i think you raise an interesting point because you can talk about growth and i think if anything like whether i've had good managers or not mm-hmm. um i've had the opportunity to manage teams and it's nice because even the bad managers mm-hmm. i picked out exactly like what i don't want to have when i manage teams so when i manage yeah. teams it's a matter of understanding like what am i like but also i'm like oh you know what like i didn't like this small thing, like I'm going to try and adjust myself so that I can be yeah. a better manager like to my teams. And mm-hmm. so sometimes those situations where you have like a, you know, not as ideal leadership is, you know, yeah. it sucks, yeah. but you start to kind of grow from it and mm-hmm. understand like, okay, well, where can I make sure that I am better when it's my time to shine? Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Deb? Deb. Um, <laughs> it's been a journey. I, uh, always, wherever I've worked, mm-hmm. I've found that management has been very supportive. Like right. they've, they've encouraged me. Mm-hmm. That's great. When I was in co-op, a couple of my managers did tell me, they're like, I wish you were more confident with your own skills. Oh. So I learned from that and I got more confident, but I would hold my tongue a lot. Oh. I would know something is going wrong and I wouldn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And then it came to bite me in the ass. Mm-hmm. And it came to bite me in the ass for months because mm-hmm. I didn't speak up earlier when I should have. So when you say that, is it a matter of like something on your project or something in terms of how management was working with you? Like what were you It wasn't regarding me. It was just more like the workplace and the project, mm-hmm. how it was going. Right, it's just right. like, for me, it was like, oh, it's not my job to fix that mm-hmm. when I, I should have really done that. Yeah. Um, and they came to bite. So I, ever since then, like I, I speak my mind when I do, when I know there's something going to go wrong. Yeah. Even right. though everybody else is super optimistic about it. I'm like... I understand that this is what we want to do, but mm-hmm. this is what we have to work through to get there. Yeah, And totally. everybody's just like, oh, right, okay, okay. And now I just do that all the time. And I, and I like, like I know I've been called conservative because I right. don't want to jump the gun. Because I don't want to be like, that can be done on this day. Mm-hmm. It, like, oh, yeah, no, no. I believe in realistic timelines. I believe in mistakes and I believe yes. in the human element. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. There's that's only so def- much computers. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying it's definitely one, like you don't want to bite your tongue. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Like, if you, if and, and you're, Deb, you're smart. So of course, like mm-hmm. if you see things, you're like, yeah, I should definitely raise it. Yeah. Which I, but, which and, I so agree with. And before, like being again, I I call this from just being programmed to mm-hmm. be more diminutive, to be more conservative, and to bite your tongue. Just being a woman, kind of mm. being like, I'm. It, it's like I was always, I always knew when I was going to go into like a high profile, hot like high tech industry, like. Yeah fewer goals on the floor and mm-hmm. it's just like oh if yeah. you speak your mind you're gonna be bitchy excuse yeah. me i but hate that like, no i hate this idea where it's like women if they take a leadership role they're bossy they're not leaders but when men take a leadership role they're leaders they're they're I, they're shapers they they they're all these things you know what you know what at the end of the day there's always a strong woman behind a strong man and you know what we're actually calling the shots. Just want to say it. I, Call I us think, leaders. Stop calling us bossy. I don't. I'm going to go very like political. I don't think millennia is calling any shots right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the 2016 election and just like as you're going through like reporters going in and just talking yeah. to crowds and they're just like, oh, why don't you want Clinton in power or yeah. like in office? And they're like, oh, she's a women are saying this about other women. Oh yeah. Like oh. She's a woman. She's going to be controlled by emotions and start all the wars. Yeah. And the reporter was it's just like... It's unfortunate. Like, chicks bring chicks down sometimes. Yeah. Throwback. Throwback to... Womb, there it is. Yeah. But also, yeah, like, I I, I think, like, women empowerment is such a big thing. And I we, we discussed it in one of our last episodes where it's, like, it, it is a little bit of how they were nurtured. It's not 100% of, like, them actually going out and learning 
about these things and reading materials from women and seeing how complex and how much we can take charge of things. And it's years of of putting us down and making us think that we can never be in these positions and control these these uh, uh these power positions but if you see most of the female CEOs they have some of the best workplaces they have some of the best policies they protect all their of workers Finland. no all of Iceland yeah look at New Zealand like women in power is I love New Zealand is like the best right now and I'm going to say it again and I've said it before but they are like COVID free, they're having raves. I want to have a rave. Can we can we talk about <laughs> just the power of a woman and talk mm-hmm. about Warsaw real quick? What happened in Poland? Yeah, go for it. Um, Poland mm-hmm. has a very right wing government in power right okay. now, and yeah. they tried to ban abortion. Oh God! Therefore, ten thousand women showed up in city square mm-hmm. of Warsaw, went on a boycott of work didn't show up and protested for wow. two days and yeah. they reneged, like they removed the bill from the floor yeah. and said that they need to reevaluate. Yeah, they do. Wow. That's and powerful. I felt so powerful. Did I'm like a lot goosebumps. of work just, I just got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. I yeah. yeah. Did like just like a bunch of work have to halt because of that? Yeah. And yeah. the same thing just happens. Proof. The reason why most of Iceland have women in all of their rooms of power on all the boards mm-hmm. Is because the same thing happened in Iceland. They're a smaller country. It's hard. It's easier to motivate and to kind of get all the women organized yeah. in that kind of way. And I wish we could do it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, there was something. There was something about equality, and they were really mad. By the way, Iceland's known for the most equal, like equal pay across yeah. board across both sexes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the women boycotted work. They didn't wow. show up. They didn't do their housework. They didn't take care of the kids, mm-hmm. and they didn't show up at work, and mm-hmm. they stayed on the streets. And they realize, like, oh, yeah, we're going to fall apart. Yeah. If like, don't give the women what they want. You yes. fall apart. You fall apart without women. Like, the society, if we, if every single woman decided just to, like, stay at fucking home or go somewhere else, yeah. not do anything, if we just took all of our money out of the economy, because we put a lot of money into the economy just with, like, things that we buy, like, basic stuff, like, everything would crash. Everything would crash. And we're most of the population in the world. Like, there's more women than there are men, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw that somewhere. Uh, depends on where you are. Yeah, but depends like, no, 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 at. but like globally. Yeah. Like globally. Yeah. I I'm just, just like, we have so much power. This That's why they want to take it episode, away. But it's kind of like, just just encourage your women at work. Hustle women. Support other women. There's yeah. so many times where, you know, people <laughs> I feel like, they're like, yeah, I totally support her. But they don't. Like, they don't. Like, mm. you know, bring each other up. It's not you or them. It's togetherness. So yeah. it's together, go yeah. chicks, go. Woo. Yeah. Rock hard, kids. Rock hard. Um, so, Leora. Nina. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys super so much. It's super fun. Do all right, you, guys. Do you have, like, some last words of wisdom for all our listeners for about careers out there? Motivation? Balance? Ooh. <laughs> Hustle because you're passionate about it. That's what I'll say. Nice. I like that. I like it a lot. All right. So uh, thanks for listening to us, guys. We're going to plug ourselves now. Uh, so if you liked what you listened to, follow us on Spotify or anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. 
Um, you can also find us on Instagram at the House That Built Me podcast, where we have a link to our Gmail where we want to hear fun hustling stories. Yeah, I want to know about that story where you decided that you had a passion for. I don't know. I've been seeing this a lot on Instagram. Polymer clay earrings. Oh my god! And you decided I to start passion. making polymer clay earrings, but all the people around you were a bunch of Debbie Downers. I know that's my own name, <laughs> but they were like, "Oh, I don't think you should do this. Maybe you should focus on school." Be like, "No, no, no I want." And then you put your heart and soul into it, and then all of a sudden TikTok came out, and you did that one video, and it went viral, and all of a sudden you're selling out. I want that story. So if you're that person, yes. leave a comment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please. For sure. Yeah. And DM us, guys. Yeah. Please. Just Tell DM us stories. Us. Any stories. All of the stories. Tell us hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.